The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Welcome back, everybody. I just want to say that today's episode is sponsored by... Oh, wait. You assholes haven't sponsored us yet, so nobody. Anyway, uh, we got Ian in the studio again because uh, last episode was great. Uh, One thing I forgot to mention last time is that Ian is actually responsible for the name, Midwest Mind Melt. So thank you for that, man. No problem. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. People remember alliteration. Yes, they do. They do. That's that's a fact. Jason, how you doing, brother? Not too bad. Not too bad. So, which, I, which I was actually on a beach instead of just wearing a, a beach shirt, but that's all right. I got fucking balding Tony Montana over You're here. Son of a beach. <laughs> anyway, man. So uh, today I kind of want to get into talking about. Uh, let's talk about the the American military okay. and how it's changed. Um, what 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 aspects do you want to hear about first? Well, like, how do we go from like World War One, World War Two soldiers to today? Like, Ooh. there's a big comparison. You know, if, if we hold up pictures. Of like veterans, you know, like World War One, World War Two, back in the day, back in their prime, mm-hmm. and you hold up, you know, a picture today of just some uh, some army recruits. I mean, what, what's a big difference you're gonna notice? Way less sexy. <laughs> Wait, um, which one's way less sexy? Uh, now, yeah, right now. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I think I think I think where it all starts is during if we go back like World War One, World War Two, people joined because they had a cause to fight for. Right now, we don't necessarily have a cause that we're fighting for. Nine um, Eleven was kind of an, uh, was kind of one of those situations was one of those situations, but we didn't really have like right now we we're not battling somebody. Like yes, we're 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 over we're over in the Middle East. You know, yes, ISIS has a presence there, and we're trying to eliminate that. But it's not anything on the same um, scale as you know World War One, World War Two. Right. And so I feel like um, a lot of the, a lot of it's changed now because people that are in the military now. It's divided into two groups of people, people that want to join the military and serve their country and people who have nowhere else to go. And in today's society and with 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 the cost of living being so high, the military offers free living. They give you money to go to school. They pay you to do a job. They they, they pay you to go train and learn your job. And I think that people that are that the people that join that have nowhere else to go are are there just because they they can get the most out of the military rather than just. Um, you know, trying to make it on their own. Right. And you think there was may- maybe some of that back then, even in the World War One, World War Two era? I would say, yeah. I would say, uh, but not, not as astronomically common as it is now. No, I don't think so. When I, I went through basic training, I know that there was a guy, there was, there was actually a couple guys that, that were there because they had nowhere else to go. Um, and, um, there was also one other soldier that was there that, uh, he was just there for college money. Like, People, I mean, the the military, the the U.S. military has great ben- offers great benefits, and and the thing is, is a lot of people will will utilize that as well. I mean, their their insurance is really good, and, and like for, like I said, free money to go to school. But not only that, a lot of jobs that you can get in the military, you can you can utilize on the civilian side as well. Right. So they pay you to learn the job, and then while you're in the military, you get that experience. So when you get out of the military, you can apply for a job because a lot of jobs nowadays. And I'm gonna apologize to viewers. I am suffering a chest infection right now so my voice is kind of messed up 
But um, I always thought your voice was messed up, so it's like <laughs> you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that that at least from what from my observation, um, that's why a lot of people join, and I I, I have a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of people too uh, who who do their time and they get out. Because, you know, they, they just want, they, they wanted to do that time, you know, they serve their country, but for, for some of them, they're not lifers, you know? Right. Um, honestly, I see that's probably one of the biggest changes in recruiting or in the recruits, I should say that we have. Um, there was a study done a couple years ago that, that we were list that I was listening to, uh, at, uh, at a recruiting and retention, uh, thing that I went to. Um, and I think it was at that time, it was like only 20% of of high school of a, of a high school like graduating year only 20 percent of those individuals are actually eligible to join and that's due to you know um alternatively medicated overweight health issues things like that so i feel i feel like like part of that plays a big role in, in what in in the situation as well right and i, I find it kind of interesting sorry ian mm-hmm. i find it kind of interesting that like now you you know if, if you're on some type of like really strong stimulant or some type of you know psychoactive uh, drug that you're prescribed you're ineligible but like when you look at like you know earlier wars like world war one world war two <laughs> like the u.s army was famous for going around giving pet pills which was usually just speed to the soldiers well yeah it, i mean <laughs> i i i think obviously sir well we all know circumstances changes you know they, they change depending on on the situation i think that 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 now modern day especially with the enemy we're fighting over over in the middle east right now um that's another thing that that's obviously changed. World War One, World War Two, even Vietnam, we were fighting. We were fighting an army, you know. We we were fighting, you know, uh, combatants face to face. Right. That's not necessarily a thing anymore. Um, they 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 like to bomb us over there. And uh, are there gunfights? Yes, of course. You can talk to any combat vet, and they'll tell you that you know that that they've seen that they've seen fire. And uh, so they yeah they do shoot at us, but a lot of a lot of our injuries and a lot of a lot of the things that 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 uh, come before the before the firing is 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 blowing things up right and it's and it's a sad and it's a sad war to fight and it's also the first war um that we've really fought where um their 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 army so to speak because i guess you i guess you can kind of consider isis or the taliban an army in a sense because they were organized but it they they dress like civilians right and that's probably one of the hardest things for our troops over there is is when they're when they're doing their their job over there they they don't they don't know how to differentiate that right well I mean I think they faced a lot of that in Vietnam too and like you know like with uh, especially the Charlie because they weren't really an army they were yeah, more, yeah. yeah they, they were more yeah the, like the, a militia style pretty much yeah. fighting guerrilla warfare but they were much different than the NBA but uh, what were you gonna say earlier Ian oh all right so basically I was saying is like uh, with the whole like the so we have a military system where basically you're, you you get benefits, I would say, from having your the military service be optional. So like the people who want to go do that, go and do that. But what you're saying is there's external incentives that like that kind of changes the, the formula a little bit. So you, you might have, you know, there's a lot of benefits that come with that. So you might mm-hmm. have people who, who are really only there for the benefits. So you get less of, of the benefit. Of having a op, like you know an optional fighting force, so like, like you know, there are benefits that you like. You have soldiers who want to be there and like they yep. want to do that, you know. Yep. But now you have people who are like, hey, I'm here for all these like these little bonus things. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you you lose something when you do that, even though you do increase the amount of recruits that you would get. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, do you kind of lose something too? Like when you implement the draft, like we've seen that in, in earlier wars. The famous one, of course, was Vietnam. Even though the draft 
did exist before then, but uh, Vietnam was like really where you got a real big pushback from people. You know, you got draft dodgers. Even people say Bill Clinton was a draft dodger. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, so like, what kind of soldier do you get when you basically you know force somebody to be there who maybe really didn't want to be there? Well, I mean, uh, what you were saying before the podcast, like how you know you, you guys like you you could you used to be able to uh, like you know like yell or like get into physical fights and stuff. Yeah. With, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, with like training. When you, yeah. Tra- when you were in training. So, I mean, I imagine, you know, like they got hard. We hardened them before they left. So, right. I mean, I like, you know, there's, well, like, there's that... all these little things that like, like add and subtract to like what you're going to get. So I imagine if you made it through basic and you had your ass kicked a whole bunch of times, then, you know, you probably wouldn't be it wouldn't be as bad. But if we were to go ahead and do that now and then probably not like implement some ass kicking. Then uh, I don't know. Well, that, that, that seems work. like it could not that, go great. No, that in itself, and and Ian, you you make a very good point. Um, not being able to to deal with the people and the attitude that you get, and I saw a lot of it when I went through basic training. Um, you know, it 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 really got soft. My I my 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 first impression of basic training was it's going to be hard. It's going to be this that and you know you're, I, I you're thinking Full Metal Jacket. I wouldn't say yeah. that bad, but I would say <laughs> I, I definitely movie. I definitely expected you know to struggle a little bit. Right. And honestly, I mean, I I went through and I went you know I was a little older. I, I didn't enlist when I was when I was seventeen or eighteen. I went through. I was a little older. I had a little maturity under my belt. But um, for the young guys, man, it was it was hard for them. I mean, these guys had you know they'd never been away from their families and they struggled. And I guess for me, maybe that's, maybe that might be why, you know, I moved out of my house when I was 18, you know, um, I'd been away from my parents, my family, you know, I, 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 I I don't have family in the state, so, you know, I'm used to that. Right. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that, that not being able for these guys to not be able to, for, for the drill sergeants, drill instructors, whatever branch, you know, you want to call it, not being able to put hands on a soldier is not going to prepare them for what they're about to see. And that's and I think that that, that plays a huge role because you know like you said when when you implement the draft you're sending people to war who don't want to go to war right and unfortunately they have to be ready because when 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 they shut down it costs people lives right and I think that that especially in Vietnam because um, Vietnam being probably one of the worst wars that we've actually had that we really didn't need to be a part of but whatever. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, okay. Like a lack of violence is not going to prepare somebody for violence. Like basically, well, exactly. Like, in a well, and and so I mean, we can definitely agree that training has significantly trained. I mean, changed, <laughs> changed, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, exactly, trained, changed. But yeah, um, because like from older guys that I've definitely talked to, uh, older vets, they definitely tell me that things changed. Uh, you know, post Vietnam. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, so pre Vietnam, which is what Ian was uh, referring <laughs> to earlier, pre Vietnam, from my understanding. Uh, the the drill sergeant uh, could basically kick your ass physically if they yep. if they really wanted to if you they, were be, yep. if you were being a dick or you were being a pussy like they could put hands on you oh yeah and like that still went on after um, Vietnam but it definitely wasn't encouraged and it definitely didn't happen as often or as openly I would say that that probably that 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 rule probably changed in probably the last ten years yeah for sure but um two uh. I, I find it very distraughting to myself that um, I, I've seen the military basically used as almost like a social experiment. You, you know what I mean? Like, because, like, there was, like, that don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. That was around forever. Yeah. And then um, they obviously changed that. What was that, like, 10 years ago or so? 
almost. Yeah, I want to say I want to say it was close to ten years ago. And then uh, just more recently, there was that whole uh, issue with transgenders. Yep, and uh, all that. And and I think it was Trey Gowdy that actually uh, called that out and said, you know, the military is not a social experiment. You know, this is our kill unit. When you really think about it, yep. the military is your def- is your defense. It's your nation's defense. Yep. And that means, which nobody wants to talk about that's not in the military, but that means violence. Yep. The military needs to be able to inflict extreme amount of violence, you know, an extreme amount of violence when needed. Yep. They need to be able to, to, to take lives. Right. So when we're talking about like all, all these socially acceptable behaviors and politically, cor- you know, political correctness, yep. I just don't think the two really mix very well. They don't. And I think that's some of the problems that we've listed here. They, they don't. And you look like you got yeah. some you want to no, say, man? Hilarious <laughs> to me. I mean, like, like that. Uh, like, this pretty seems pretty straightforward. Like, you, you guys are like, you're trying to get somebody to to want to go to, like, you know, to go to war and then like do the job of war. So, yeah. I mean, like, well, you're adding all these externalities that, like, you know, and and making a big deal out of. It. I was like, how is that that? Like, how often is that really going to come up? You have to have these conversations like this much or this publicly. And it's like, dude, just. I mean, you can't have wars with words. Like, I don't want to be offended by that person. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> At all, like, dude, that's, that <laughs> seems, uh, like, I'm relying on myself. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, they always, <laughs> they always said the pen mightier than sword, but I'm sorry. Every, every now and again, you got to go out there and kick somebody's ass. Like, it's how it goes. I mean, I, we, I wouldn't want to fight anybody with, you know, with a sword with my pen. I wouldn't want to fight with well, my no, pen. Well, no, I mean, that. I mean, realistically, like, like, I think, I think, you know, let's go back. To, to our last president, I feel like like he like he tried to solve a lot of problems with 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 uh with with documents. Like you you guys get what I'm saying? Like yeah, like he wanted to solve it like in a meeting, and I'm like, no, you don't solve conflict that way. I'm like, somebody's got to go and get their fucking ass kicked for them to realize that hey, maybe I shouldn't have fucked with these guys. Like, well, I mean, I I think you're supposed to try to at first. But the, the point is, is that not everybody is receptive to that, especially when you're talking about extremists. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. a point. I mean, because even back in World War II, uh, I think it was, wasn't it Roosevelt that was president at the time before yep, uh, FDR. FDR. And um, I think he, he even sent a letter to Hitler, which Hitler publicly mocked in front of uh, all of his German officials. Basically, you know, uh, FDR was trying to talk him out of, you know, uh, invading surrounding countries and... And, you know, he, he basically just mocked him and just said, look how weak these Americans are. They're scared of us. And it's like, yeah, you can't really reason with somebody like that. Yeah. Who won? Who won the war? You have Exactly. <laughs> you have to go and fight them. Exactly. And and that's and that's and that's and that's huge. But, yeah, I, I think, honestly, part of part of the issue nowadays is is lack of training. But, you know, what's also crazy, though, hmm. and not not to offend anybody, because I know I know people that suffer from PTSD a lot, but. It seemed like older wars, people didn't have PTSD as bad as they do now. It definitely wasn't addressed like it is now. Yeah, and and me, I know my dad. My dad fought in Vietnam actually, um, and and he would tell me we used to we they actually live out by a military base, an army base in in Arizona, and um, he would tell me anytime that they were running like night operations and he'd hear choppers, he'd wake up. Yeah, you know, it's just you know everybody suffers from it from a different level, but I I don't know. It, it seems like maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it just wasn't addressed. Maybe it wasn't as co- not 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 common, but maybe people just didn't know how to go about dealing with it. Well, I mean, they did, but like in most of human history, it was always you know you just kind of had to deal with it, and if you know you acted out 
for whatever reason. I mean, it's just it's the way it was. Now there's a whole uh, there's a whole <coughs> aspect of, of trying to treat PTSD, yeah. which I honestly think they're doing a horrible job of. I really do. I mean, it's great that they're trying to, you know, um, make people understand it. Mm -hmm. But really, PTSD, especially when it comes to, like, combat, mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you really can't understand unless you've experienced Did it. Did you, uh... I think it's... I think, I think, though, like, the... There seems to be... Because they used to call it shell shock, right? Which I imagine yeah. that it does have to do with the explosions. Because, yeah. like, like, when you think of humanly about, like, an explosion, like, there's not... Okay, if that gets too close to me and there's just no hope. Yeah, like, you exactly. You know what I mean? There's no, like, you know, it's like there's no chances. Like, if I do this, then maybe I'll survive. You know, like, there's, you don't really have any options. Like, yeah. So, I mean, if it hits you, you're, you're done. There's no avoiding it. There's no yeah. getting out of there. So, I think that that, like, and then that being re repeated over and over and over and over. Yeah. Like, I, I think, imagine that, like, weighs in the psyche. Because, I mean, when people thought, like, hand-to-hand -hand combat or like you know like fought each other like that then there's a lot of skill you know what i mean so i mean like you had some yeah. close calls you know it's not like like i imagine if they still got like you know like problems with war even like like having like shell shock or pdsd whatever you want to call it like even like back in the day yeah. but i think this like there's uh there's there's no getting out of it. Plus, like, like you know, it's like just loud noises in general. Like they, well, you, they make the average person jumpy. You hear like a door. Well, yeah, ex exactly. That, you know? Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I wonder if I wonder if part of that too is like back in the day, and I say back in the day, like I'm from that era, but whatever. Um, like during World War Two, World War One, uh, especially those two. Vietnam, of course, we had we had more advanced medicine at that point, but maybe because the the, the medicine wasn't so advanced then. Maybe it was more of a situation of like, and in maybe because of the times themselves, people came back from war and they didn't have a choice to go, and and, and take time off and go get seen for this stuff. They had to come back and, and provide for their families. Exactly. And so maybe maybe that maybe that played in a key factor into that. But I think that that definitely the change in warfare itself has really has really brought PTSD into light. Right. There was. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, Anne, you go. Ahead. All right. Yeah. I think there was more men's clubs. Back in the day, there's, I mean, there was way more like, you know, like those people who went and did that. There was also like, uh, like people, you would, you would still hang out with some of those people that you went to war with. Yeah. And y'all were, you were all dealing with the same thing. I think that like, you know, uh, we, you pick kind of from like all over the country. So yeah. Like, like what are the odds that you see your like platoon or whoever, like again, like nowadays, you know what I mean? Exactly. Cause like when it, when it was like the draft and when they were doing that. It was like a bunch of people from your town did that, mm -hmm. and then you yep. guys got back to town. You'd see people you used to go to the men's club with, and you'd share your war stories there, yep. and you'd do all yep. that. I don't think there's that much that kind of like well infrastructure that like and that infrastructure like there's that kind of uh, thing going on as well, much anymore. Well, you know why, right? No, I just don't know why. Because less than one percent of the U.S. population serves in the armed forces. Okay, that makes sense. When when you look at when you look at the, the the population of the United States of America and and then you do the math of less than one percent, that's not that many people. Real, right. like our army like looks big, and it, and, it, and it seems huge. It, there's a lot of people, but when you put it in that aspect, there's not that many people. No, not not that many, and it's actually they've actually decreased. I was yep. just reading something where. Um, the government has actually uh, decreased numbers in how many people are serving. Yep, it's 
And this is all no knowledge, guys. I mean, you can go find it on the internet. It's not right. it's not hard to find it, but um yeah, it's it, it, like I said, you know, it's it's harder, it's getting harder and harder for these people for 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 recruiters to find recruits that uh you know to go active. I actually had I actually had a, had a buddy that I graduated high school with that just joined. He leaves next month mm-hmm. for basic training. And some people join a little late. I mean, you you remember Darren? Did you work under Darren? No, I didn't. Well, you remember him? Yeah, I remember Darren. He he enlisted when he was twenty or when he was thirty three. Yeah, he was, it was either thirty or thirty three. Well, Chris Kyle. I mean, everybody know American Sniper Chris Kyle. Uh, he, he enlisted. I mean, he was pretty old by the time he enlisted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like people, some people just it takes it it takes that time to to, to really evaluate what what the military is about and what they want to do with it, but. Um, you know, I, I talk to people um, about about the military and like why they have no interest in it, and they well, I'm afraid to die. Well, we're all afraid to die, but we're all going to die at some point. And honestly, I said I couldn't think of any other way to go out than protecting people or protecting the country I love. Right. You know, I mean that. I mean, maybe maybe I just see it differently, but I know a lot of people that say, "Well, I don't want to die." Well, you have a better chance of dying in a car accident than you do of dying overseas. Believe it or not. I'm well, not. Th- another uh, big reasoning that I've heard from people is that they just don't believe in the vision of the United States anymore. Like they, you know, if, if you join the armed forces, see guys that I've talked to who are, who are vets, they always talk about the brotherhood aspect. Yep. They don't care exactly what the what the U.S.'s uh, um, interests are or like where it's going. They just they only care about defending the guy next to them and having that brotherhood. Yep. Because we all, I mean, for most of us, we want to seek that that type of camaraderie out. It's almost like it's almost like a fraternity, actually. Yeah, right. And then you know when we talk about you know back in the day, you know like World. World War One, World War Two. I mean, you had a big enemy. You had a common uh, catastrophe and big enemy that you were all fighting together. Exactly. And it seemed a lot more justified too. Like, right. You know, this guy was committing genocides. You know, it was like I mean, there there's external reasons. Just like there's always external reasons for like why you would go to war with somebody. But I mean, it seemed pretty straightforward that like what they were doing like was not cool. Right. And, well, like, exactly. Everyone thought that. I think a big problem with like what happens is like we get. We get lied into wars or, like, not entirely honest about why we're going into a war. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, that's, you know, I think that that all adds into why people are, you know, it's it's less fashionable. Well, yeah. and, and, and again, you know, a lot of that changed after Vietnam. It was Vietnam that changed a lot of that. I mean, also, that was the first war that was televised like that. Yeah. I mean, um, oh, yeah. my yeah. dad, you know, he was a little boy during um, that time period, but he always talked about when he, uh, late at night, there'd be the body count, and you would actually see bodies of dead soldiers, and some of them, you know, they were torn the hell up. You know? Well, yeah. The, the U.S. government during World War One and Two was that was not okay. Like you, you like for for journalists, like that was they made that super illegal for like you, yep. you to show like how shitty the war was go, like how it was going, and, like, and that was not okay. And like, then and then Vietnam happened, and then it seemed like after that it changed again back to the way it was, because even like I remember after nine eleven, like they never showed any like uh-uh. any like graphic footage. It was always like like videos of like the convoys and the videos of like stuff burning. It was never and soldiers then smartphones. Oh, you're and talking right back to I'm that. talking like media coverage. Oh, okay, yeah. the, the the media coverage after we invaded Iraq. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the, yeah, they didn't during really show the you first Bush in 2002. Right. And you didn't hear about that. It was like, oh, hey, we're all kicking in. Like, you know, we were all, you know, it was a, it was a very patriotic kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we're going in there and kicking some ass and shit. Like, but now, then, like, you know, cell phones came around. Like, cameras <coughs> are cheap. Getting right. a camera is like, look, we're doing this right now. 
There it is. Yep. So like you know, you see everything now. You know, so it's kind of, you kind of get that same thing going on with Vietnam again. So, and that you know, yep. I don't know how you would like keep anything under wraps anymore either. You you kind of so can't actually. I, like, right. Well, well I, I mean, I don't know if we'll have wars like that anymore. Right. I mean, who knows? But like you and me, Jason, we were talking the other day about D-Day when when um, the yep. United States. Um, stormed the beaches of Normandy. There was five beaches, and uh, how many young men died in that? It was close to like forty thousand, yeah. something like that. And that wasn't even to win the war. That was just to get a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, uh, imagine you know today if uh, we did an invasion like that, oh, and uh, and we had that many soldiers die just to get a foot in the door. I mean, yep. the public outcry oh, would be dude, insane. It would be insane. Over with. Well, and that, that, well, that was the thing with Vietnam. When people were seeing this violence, when they were seeing these young men dying, and they, when they were hearing about uh, kids getting killed over there, I mean, people wanted to know, why the hell are we over there? Mm-hmm. And the United States really couldn't give a very good reason, yeah. well, to stop communism because of the domino effect. And people were like, get get us the fuck out of there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why why are why are these young men coming that, home and that, having to use wheelchairs, you know? Exactly. It was it was terrible. Get, my, and, and you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, my dad remembers getting getting home and and there were you know that was when like like peace or peace not war or whatever, mm-hmm. and he remember he remembers in my my mom's dad was actually over there as well and so was my other grand my mom's stepdad actually all three mm-hmm. of them served over there three different branches but whatever, um they they'll tell you stories about getting off planes and getting spit on and, and yelled at and you know, oh, being yeah. called baby killers and. Yeah, the, the the treatment of our Vietnam vets was definitely despicable. And honestly, they saw some of the yeah. worst shit you could see. Right. Like people don't understand what they saw over there. And like, if you you if you find a, a Vietnam vet that's willing to talk about what they saw, you're lucky, because a lot of those a lot of those veterans do not want to relive what happened over there. And and that's my grand my grandparents and my dad included. They don't talk about it. Oh yeah, they you just, know the the guys that have seen the worst, no matter what war, even guys who have served served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yep. A lot of those guys, you know, the ones that talk about it the most are usually the ones that did not see much action. Exactly. Because the, the guys that do, they just kind of you can tell. Yep. You, yeah, you, you can tell enthusiastic about right. stories. You know, there are there are some of them that probably are, but you know, most of them, most normal. Uh, adults, if they saw some of the things that go on in combat, yeah. they're, they're not going to want to talk about no, it. No, it's they don't want to relive that. No. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, you share it with the guys you serve with because, I mean, typically you served with them. Right. And they were there. Or that they have a better understanding. But, like, yeah, you don't really want to talk to a, a, a frat boy about, you know, the time that you had to kill uh, some civilians. And, yeah. And, you know, just to get to an insurgent. Like, I, you don't want to talk to a fucking college kid about that. They don't understand. They can't – they couldn't even comprehend that. Yeah, they, there's, there's no relation at all. Right. And I, I had actually one of the, one of my buddies, he, uh, he, he did a tour over in uh, Afghanistan. And he actually got blown up. Luckily – um. He was, he was, nothing happened. He, he ended up with with, with, a, with a head injury, but it wasn't anything serious. But like, it's funny because he talks about his stories on active duty because he, because he, he's in the guard now, but he talks about his stories on active duty. And it's funny because all his stories are never about his deployments. They're always about like, like the dumb shit he saw when he, when he was stateside, you know? And it's just, it's, it's funny because you can, like you said, you can tell those guys that, that seen some shit. Right. You know, they don't, they don't talk about it, you know? No. And, and I don't blame them. Why would you want to talk exactly. about it? Exactly. It's. It's not war's not fun, and um, and and uh, Jocko Willing said that in Joe Joe Rogan's podcast. It's it's very very terrible. It is an ugly thing, and very ugly thing. But it's a very 
necessary and, and unavoidable thing exactly. when it comes to, to people. Those people that think that you can negotiate and talk uh, and talk things through, you can't do that with everybody. You well, really can't. And just working corrections for me made me figure that out. Well, we well we talked we talked about that too uh, last week when we when we kind of were talking about this you know this subject whatever. Uh, look at Japan during World War Two. They talked. Oh, they, 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 talk, they weren't cool to talk about anything. No, was, they no, they talked peace, but did it happen? No, no, they bombed the shit out of us. They didn't like you know like like the honor culture thing. Yeah, that makes peace like way less of like an option because it's like you know like you you lose they lose more than just like giving up like that you know it's like well there's they, they get shame they literal shame and like you know they would commit, exactly uh sabuku or harakiri is that, is that where they stab themselves in the chest yeah yeah, yeah. and then because like you know that that's that's that way they wouldn't lose their honor so like yep. everyone like they're willing to kill themselves over that so yep. i mean like that's that's what i'm saying like and i just want to clarify that's when they get their samurai sword they stab it into themselves and then they basically have to do like a, a half circle basically so that their intestines fall out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's very, very violent death. Yep. And, I, and I didn't know that they actually yeah. went. <laughs> and they actually yeah. do it to themselves, which right. is which is even the the, the even the, the the scary part. But you're right. That's like, like the fact that 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 they're that that they're willing to do that to not lose honor. Like, yeah. Like you said, some things can't be negotiated. Like. Belief comes like you know, uh, belief like whatever you're believing in, like uh, how you do war or whether or not you think war is good. Because like Vikings and stuff, yeah. like they believe that it, uh, if you got killed in battle, then you got to go live in the next world, and yep. then if you got killed in battle in the next world, you would come back here. Yeah. Right? So like basically, it was the only way. Like, and if you didn't, then you would go to hell if you didn't do that. Yeah. So, so basically, like that, you know. Like they they were totally down for that sort of thing. Like they were just like, all right, yeah. Like we literally need to war with our neighbors, otherwise, like none of us are gonna be going to heaven. Like like or like you know, being able Val, to continue called, their cycle of life. Sir, it's called Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't get to go to Valhalla, and you don't get to go eat and drink and fight again. And then like come back here and eat and drink and yeah. fight. Like, but like, but you, getting, you lose out on the cycle but, of but life. Getting back to the numbers thing, it's it's crazy to think that like less people want to join with the more advanced. Like um, like technology and warfare that we have today, like like the use of unmanned aerial 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 vehicles like UAVs, like honestly, like you know you know how awesome it is to be a pilot to 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 do one of those, like it's it's phenomenal. It's probably one of the best jobs ever. Well, and it's probably the reason why they've cut a lot of positions in the military was is because of technology. Well, eventually, in in um, what's that robot's name, Ian? Oh, uh, Atlas, one? Atlas. Oh, Atlas, the the one that does the uh, parkour. Yeah, that one's crazy. That dude. that's eventually gonna replace the soldier. Oh yeah, dude, that's so strange to and think about. Can you imagine a military after that? Like, yeah, because I mean, like, you, are you gonna go use that to go fight humans, or are you gonna go use that to fight other people's robots? That's like that's like a whole litany of stuff. Because like that thing, it's not gonna make any moral decisions. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's it really has not. a prime directive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like the danger of that is it's going to turn on us. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. iRobot, they, come on. Aren't making, there movies about this? They're making military yes, exactly. robots. They're making military. So I was like, literally, you're making robots that are designed to, to go to be used in the military. But like, he, that's the that's the greatest idea, guys. Yeah. Good no, no. Job. Here's the thing, though. Everybody, that's like the only one they have. Go ahead. Everybody always talks about, like, um, if there's another world war, there's going to be no boots on the ground. It's going to be all, you know, buttons and robots. And it's like, you're always going to have to have boots on the ground. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because really somebody's going to have to control that shit. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to control it. And, you know, like, uh, unless you can really... Yeah, no, unless you can really no, invent a bunch of robots that can, you know, go into buildings, clear them out, and, like, actually go up steps, and, you know, this robot, this particular robot we're talking about actually can. Yeah. But it's like, it until, you, until you can actually get a legit system to do this, I mean, without any, you know, real collateral damage, which you really can't, it, it's not at this point, you're always going to have to have boots on the ground. Yeah, always. it's, it's going to happen. And, I mean, honestly, you got to think that they're still developing this game. They're still developing Atlas. If you guys haven't looked up Atlas, you guys need to look them up. Yeah. Atlas by Boston Dynamics. Yep. Also, they have this thing called Spot Mini, and then they have this other one that's like a bigger version of Spot Mini that they're also using for the military. He's he's definitely like a bigger, beefier looking. And that animal. and that you and can that, shove them and, really hard, and they don't fall over. And so the thing is, know. is eventually they're going to have to get to a point where where it's going to be reliable, but they're also going to have to they're also going to have to build it so it's so that it's not just reliable, but it can withstand bullet penetrate bullet penetration as well right well you can that's easy though they're like, but, they're, but they're you got really light but, materials but that you are got bulletproof yeah really but you got to figure materials. overall weight plus consumption of energy things of that nature because like like you're not you can't send a robot to go do a, a, tw a 26 mile you know uh of um con or a foot march or whatever to go get to to go get to a dz or something because it might not make it you know what i'm saying right so so, so you have to understand too is like like this is just a, a concept that that that's that's being thought of, and I know we're not the only ones that, that have talked about this or, or thought about it. Well, it's a no. trade off. Humans can still go farther, longer, and do more things, but the robots don't complain or or you know they they and, only and they take and, orders. and it's a lot they easier to listen, no to repair soul, a robot no than it is to, to oh, tell yeah. somebody that their kid just died. Right. Yep. You yeah, know. True. And so, like, like it'll definitely if if we don't implement robots in some way, shape, or form in the next fifteen to twenty years. Then we're really we're we're really lacking, and and I'm saying implement them in some way, not not necessarily to go out and kill people, but implement them in another another aspect. They're gonna right. do both. So because we already have drones that yeah, do exactly. stuff like that, and so I mean, there's definitely a lot more technology that's been implemented in war. But I mean, like honestly, I think I think we need to get back to like warfare wise. We need to get back to hand to hand combat in the use of the bayonet. Melee, you need to get some melee combat. I think the bayonet was probably one of the best inventions in the world. Well, like, yeah, it, like what's what like, the bayonet was like? It's a uh, it, you always had spears, right? Like yeah, spears was nope. and, they, and argue you can argue the spears like in other forms of it, like a halberd, like that's one where they have like the axe head on it and it kind of like scoops downward. Uh, the pike. They all yeah. They had they had that like that. Uh, uh, they always had those versions of things. Yeah. And uh, what was cool about that is because you basically you had a spear. And then that could also be uh, a, a ranged weapon. So, yep. like, it, w it was like a natural thing that happened because you didn't want – you would still have cavalry charges, like, when yeah, you exactly. got the gun. The gun was pretty cool to have, but, like, you, you, you still wanted spears. And so, basically, you just got a two-for-one thing going on. Well, the best part about it was is, like, is like you can't stitch up a – the triangle wound, yeah. and that's why. But though, that's that's, that, that's not cool to have those anymore. Mm. Like they don't want, yeah, mm. yeah. I know, uh. <laughs> I know. 
Because you can't do that. That's pretty. It, but the thing is, is like, is like, I is like, if you if if you've ever heard any veterans talk about any time that they've, because there are veterans that that will talk to you about getting into getting into tussles and, and fights with with uh, with the enemy. Yeah. And the thing is, is sometimes like that could be avoided with with adding that simple thing. Yeah. Now, if they grab a hold of it, you're fucked. Why? Uh... Why didn't like? Why did they get rid of the bayonet? I don't understand. I honestly couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I, I they used to have them on. They I think they had them in Vietnam. They didn't have them in Vietnam. And then it was after that they got rid of them. And I don't right. know if that was because maybe it was just it was too much extra to carry or whatever the case was. I but how it? Because you, I mean, like they would just put because the they started making and then basically you would have your knife that you would have. Yeah, and then they would exactly. Just, you'd be able to attach it to your gun, so it was another two for one type of thing. I know, I know, I know. The military can still get them. Right. I just know they don't utilize them. That's maybe weird. they didn't have a way That's to. A weird thing. Maybe they, maybe maybe they, maybe they phased out because they didn't they didn't create them to attach to an M4. Because it made him to attach to an M16, which an M16 isn't much different than an M4, mm. or an M4 isn't much different than an M16. But maybe it's just they just saw it as as a as an ineffective tool because now we have the M4, which is a very pretty accurate weapon, um, and they just didn't see a need for it. But honestly, when when you're in hand to hand combat, anything's necessary. Anything right. can be a weapon at that point. Yep. And that's another thing I kind of want to talk about. I want I want to talk about. How warfare was, you know, basically before the Chinese create, uh, uh, I don't know if created's the right term, but basically they were the first ones to implement black powder. And this is how we get our modern day explosives. I think that's so long ago. Oh, yeah. so long ago. But it's yep. like, imagine, I mean, because uh, I've heard people talk about uh, this ridiculous idea about how less violent the world was before guns. And it's like... Uh, I couldn't imagine what a battle would have been like on an ancient battlefield. Like, we're talking, like, Roman days or pre-Roman days. I mean, could you imagine that type of warfare as, oh. as a soldier? Oh, it would have been it would have been insane. It would have been completely insane. The, the, sh- the horror you would have seen? It was like, a, a, like you know, if anybody out there is like, does, like, SWAT or anything like that, or has, like, seen, like, SWAT lines, it's pretty much like that. Yeah. And, like, like, they follow the same kind of rules. Yep. You want to be close to your people that you have next to you, and you want to form a wall out of your guys, because that's going to make you got, not want to, like... Because once you start to get, like, holes in that line yep. that you have, you start to you get worried. And then you then you might want to turn and run. And when you turn and run, that's that's it for everybody. You, Josh, you, you, ever you do? start to run away. And then, every, like, you know, whatever fast you do, you start to, like, be able to close in, start to attack people yeah. in their backs. Like, as soon as all you guys start to have a line break and you start to run away, that's when everybody gets killed. Did you ever do riot training when you were in corrections? Yeah. It's kind of like I it would be, it would be kind of the same concept with, with yeah with kind the, with of the except except nowadays we you know we got all sorts of tools that they didn't have back then but but Ian's right like so when so when so when you're setting up that riot wall like you have to make sure your shields are overlapped yeah if right. not you're gonna get a hole yeah and then the, that was what the Romans were really good at which, yeah exactly which you know the Greeks you know Spartans uh, they were they were definitely known for their, their their one unit that they would fight in yep and you didn't break that but you know when you're talking about two opposing groups of dudes and they both got weapons and they both want to kill each other somebody's gonna break at some point some yeah, line's exactly. gonna break yeah, exactly well that's like and, that was the whole idea that you would you know like that and that was one of the cool like when people started showing up with those explosives and like grenades and stuff like that and you would like break up that like group of people uh you know and like you little poke little holes in there and get everybody kind of scared like 
you know, just like I say, you can you get in there and then you start to break them up and then you, you get you don't have that secure. You don't feel secure anymore. Like when you're right next to a whole bunch of like, we're going to kick their ass. Like, yeah. We're, like, we're, we're, we're tight. We're fucking we've been practicing the hell out of this. And, and also, like, if you could avoid movement, because like, yeah. because like you take a big risk when you're trying to move this whole block of individuals. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? yeah. so, so, I mean, if you. It, like if if there's any way that you could dig in and like build up like a defense like that, and yeah. like try and maintain in one spot that's like fairly good and not like get flanked out too badly, then like that would be the best thing because like, you take you do take severe risk trying to like have like charge like charge charge in people. Well, that's why some people that's why some 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 armies use the tactics to send their horses first because mm-hmm. the horses could plow into that and then the guys could and then their their people could actually climb over that. And break that wall. Yeah, yeah. You basically just waste your horses on like yeah, po- poking a hole in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 it was a great concept. That worked. It worked well. But well, it hurt I mean, good for them horses, though. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, horses are replace. I mean, yeah, horses are replaceable. I mean, they were that, a tool. Exactly. That's they all. That's they, all you they know, were. you might have cared about a horse, but that wasn't the one that you were necessarily going to be. But, kill, but like, I think I think I think battle. we really need to talk about like the dumbest war. And I say and I call it the dumbest war because the the, the tactics that they used were dumb, and that was a revolutionary war. Who the fuck marches in a straight line and just lets somebody shoot at him? The British. Like, like who the fuck does that? Like, I would. That well, was a well, project of war gaming. So, like, and like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it was uh, basically they came up with war games that was to be used as actual like war, and then like so that way like people who were farther away and like not necessarily on the ground having these like battles yeah, and stuff, yeah. and then everybody kind of got used to that for a while. I don't remember the exact like literally. It's like a, it was one of the first board games like that like yeah. that became really popular was like war games and like they uh, there's a word for it. It got invented like in. Uh, and it was like like kind of like Eastern Europe ish, Eastern Northern Europe, one of them countries, and then like uh, it got it just got real popular from there. And then like so, you would also want to identify like you know you wear bright colors so that way you didn't have friendly fire. Like so, well yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Things, you know what I mean? But yeah, like you just stand there and like you fire. And that was also like a combination of like you 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 still have that old ancient kind of thing where it's like alright we're going to stand real close to each other and stay all together but now things are being fought with like massive explosives and like yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah like that wasn't that wasn't the case you might have had like a ballista or like a big like a rock thrower well, yeah, and stuff exactly. like that but I just I just thought it was funny well yeah and well, yeah it's kind of funny the the the, the, the british <laughs> depended a lot on volume like, yeah, it they was, really did. Their, their volume, because whenever the the United States Army, you know, back then went up, went face to face with the British. I mean, we always got our ass kicked. Oh yeah, retreats, lots and, of retreats. But when when our militias started fighting them, you know, guerrilla style, yeah, exactly. that's when we were kicking their ass. And yeah, that's ultimately mm-hmm. where did. we won. Exactly is, and uh, it's funny because I I don't know if you knew this, but the Minutemen, which was a militia, yep, that's actually what the National Guard was derived of. Right. Was the Minutemen. That's that's where the National Guard came from. And I honestly think the National Guard has kind of lost its way from that because they've kind of become more – I mean a lot of National Guard, uh, like you know, when it comes to the uniform and the way that they train, I mean it's really very close to the Army. Yeah, exactly. they, they are technically Army, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So you have the Air National Guard. You have the Army National Guard. Right. And you also have Army Reserves. And so the Marines and the Navy actually have reserves too. They're not as commonly known. But um, – the National Guard is more of your obviously your home defense. Mm-hmm. So so the National Guard trains as the Army trains, and it's all the same policies. All they, they have to follow all the same uh, regulations. Everything it's literally the Army. 
It's just the it's for that state, right? For the pretty much state. So yeah, state comes first. Right. So like like so when you look at like active duty, so like army, like active duty, like what what the National Guard refers to as big army, they 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 were their their commander in chief is Donald Trump. Okay. So like in the state of Nebraska, our like the commander in chief for the Nebraska Army National Guard and Nebraska Air National Guard is Pete Ricketts, because he's the governor. Right. And then it's Donald Trump or President Trump. So that's kind of it, it, it's it's more state level, but I mean the the National Guard also also supports the federal mission is what they call it. So they they have the state mission and they have the federal mission, and so that's what makes them different. But yeah, the National Guard was actually derived from from the Minutemen from the from the Revolutionary War, and I honestly I think that that the Revolutionary War was a huge turning point for us as a country. Obviously, we weren't even a country at the time, but. Um, just in warfare alone. I just want to clarify too. When he says Minutemen, he's not talking about guys with premature ejaculation. He's talking about guys <laughs> who are ready to fight in less than a minute. Oh, I was the real idea. confused. <laughs> when the whole time. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, oh, what? Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really feel like like that was a big turning point in warfare for us. And then, um, and then definitely warfare changed. Uh, you know, World War One. Um. We, 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 we implemented uh, airplanes, not fighting planes, but airplanes because, yeah. you know, 1903, the Wright brothers invented the airplane because in 1902, they took a cross country vacation with their families and decided that they didn't want to do that anymore. No, I'm just kidding. But no. <laughs> so we implemented planes and that was more to get messages back and forth mm-hmm. um, as well as homing pigeons were a big thing. Now, fun, funny thing here. If if you've ever talked to people in the military, they there, there's always that clash between the the branches. You know, Marines are better than the Army. Well, the Army's better than the Air Force, and we all hate the Navy. But who talks about the Coast Guard, right? <laughs> like like realistically, but which actually con- not commonly known, the Coast Guard is actually a subsidiary of the Homeland of Homeland Security now. Hmm. They're no longer considered uh, U.S. military. But if they ever were, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they ever were, um, actually, I have a lot of respect for those guys because I can't oh, swim. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. yeah, you need to learn to swim. I, I can swim, just not well. I don't okay. float. Um, anyways, uh, but actually, so when before the Air Force was actually created, it was actually the Army. It was the Army Air Corps. Is actually how it started, and then it broke off and created its own, uh, its own. Uh, branch in that in that aspect called the Air Force. Because the more ar- specific jobs and stuff yeah, exactly. Like that. That's because that w- the Army wasn't paying for nice enough hotels. Apparently, like, but um, <laughs> do they get like better. Do they get better shit? Oh, they make more money. Yeah. Well, well that makes sense because. Oh no! You know, so so well, um, well, you're gonna get paid the same amount for some guy that you're trusting a million dollar <laughs> machine to, dude. Your M14 is not whatever. That does not cost that much. <laughs> no, no. So so it's funny because. Um, um, I talk, I actually was talking to a guy in the air force and he says, and he told me, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, if we go anywhere that like with the army, if their living conditions don't meet air force standards, they actually get paid more money. Like, that's not a joke. That's, that's real shit. Like, right. which cool. Great for you guys. You guys are in the air force, but whatever. Um, if you ain't flying, you ain't shit. So that's, that's my own personal opinion. No. I have a lot. I actually have a lot of respect for pilots. Oh yeah, dude. I and mean, also, they, uh, they still like pilots will still take like stimulants and stuff because I mean, like to to just because if you have like long long ships and like doing long, yeah, like they will still take stimulant. It's not sanctioned by the government, <laughs> but like you, there it's there are pathways that are easier. Honestly, for them to get, like like legal speed. All I know is I, I went and saw uh, the Lincoln Air Show when the Blue Angels came down a couple years ago, and. I love the F-22 Raptors, my favorite plane. 
it's fucking awesome and he was like like they were doing like like the like the display like like his like little fucking thing whatever you call it his moment yeah and i'm like this dude's getting paid to go like screw around in a 22 million dollar piece of equipment or whatever however much it costs it's millions of dollars i'm like he's literally just up there fucking around like he's like 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 it doesn't get any better than that like and if you're scared of heights it's the perfect job for you oh man it's it's just phenomenal and this thing like this thing so it, it literally if you've never seen a live performance of the f-22 raptor you need to go see it because it's fucking amazing he so so he's coming at us right and you see him and he's already past you before you hear him like bro like if i'm an enemy overseas and then i hear it it's already too fucking late it's gonna fuck, yeah, yeah it's you, gonna you're fuck dead you, like yeah. like you need to see that shit coming and it's it's crazy but um yeah man it's 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 almost phenomenal to, to think about like how many uh which actually did you know what the navy has more airplanes than the air force does that makes sense. You got the you have those uh you have aircraft carriers and stuff. So yep. that makes sense, and that's where most of the planes would be deployed from anyway. Exactly. They, they, they would in a war situation. What are you just going to have your own airport in an area? You're going to have to pay for that. I mean, you know, we I mean, have to, I mean, have to maintain I mean, a military US, base in somebody else's country. That's the, a whole no, thing. No, no, the U.S. Even though we do do that. Yeah, exactly. A the lot. the U.S. has air bases in other countries, like, but it's more of a presence. It's not really like. Well, if you have a movable. Air, air, like you have a movable air yeah, base. That's, exactly. That's way nicer. Exactly, and and you can and you can get it anywhere. And that's yeah. the thing is, is you know you don't got you don't got to worry about them sitting on the ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. Aircraft carriers completely changed naval warfare. Oh they, hell yeah, entirely, they did entirely, dude. Like basically, it made obsolete most most other like like they don't really have gunboats anymore. Well, you have like missile, you have like missile, like you have missile boats and stuff yeah. like that, and then you have aircraft carriers. There's no real point in having anything else, mm-hmm. you know. It's like you, an American air, aircraft carrier comes upon like a whole bunch of boats, just like uh, uh, like in um, Pearl Harbor. You yeah, know, we didn't really have like they caught us off guard and stuff like that. You just go screw up like a whole fleet of boats. It'd be real easy. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't have as many thing. battleships anymore as we used to. Nope. But I mean, we still have them more. As, I mean, we still have them, but it's the, like like you said, the aircraft carrier changed everything. Um, being able to get to scramble jets that fast mm-hmm. like was just crazy. And I think that that's one of the, I think that that's what makes the U.S. Like people tell us that we don't have the biggest army and you're right. We don't. China, China has the biggest army. We had the best outfitted army. We have the best, we have the strongest army. Yeah. Because of the amount of technology and what we have. They have, yeah, they, you know, that we have the guns and they have the numbers. Exactly. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of shitty, but I mean like that's, 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 that's the reality of it, you know, right. but, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like obviously none of us were alive during World War II. No. I don't know if that's really a time I'd want to be alive. I feel like the country in itself was in a better place, even though it was in a very struggling place because of the, the economy of war. Right. But a lot of people don't know this, but the but World War II actually pulled the U.S. out of the Great Depression. Like it, like it actually, we had to we had to manufacture tanks, we had to manufacture planes, we had to which World War II was when plane when 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 air warfare was actually introduced. Europe got destroyed. And we had the factories to supply everybody everything else to exactly. fix to fix Europe. And so, so, so and then so basically we had a huge influx of people <laughs> wanting our goods so that way they could try and fix Europe. Yep. And then so like and we and we had we had built up all those factories that were like, you know, like had had, had we converted them for, for war and then we converted them back and then there was a huge supply for all that stuff. So oh, exactly. you're right. It did it did like but it wasn't just about people think about a little bit like seem to conflate it more with just about the war and like producing bombs and stuff like that. It no, wasn't about that. No. It was like there's a whole litany of goods because basically you flattened like just whole massive city centers. Yep. All over, all over Europe, and yep. and, and you know, people want stuff. 
<laughs> you're, you're not wrong. People need people need that stuff to you know to to, to fix their livelihood and, and continue living. Wasn't that part of uh, the theory of the uh, military industrial complex that Eisenhower that Eisenhower talked about? Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, so who like we we we've been in the Middle East for a while, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so like we we've been doing that whole like like that would be what the military industrial complex is up to right now. I don't think that you would get that benefit out of that because. Like, there's not these huge, massive city centers. Like, yeah. there there are, but it's uh, it's not nearly as densely packed. And also, we've been doing. We don't seem to want to end it either. So, like, I think it's. I think wars get weird when you extend them from for for more than twenty years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like now, like for whatever reason you started the war, things have changed. Now you literally have whole generations of people who have been at war. And they're like, you know, like they might want to go fight. They, they might hate America not because of our freedom or any kind of ideological reason anymore. They hate you because you killed their dad. All right. Which is a good reason to hate somebody. If somebody yeah. kills your dad, I yeah. would want vengeance pretty quick. You're not, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, So, like, I, you know, and, and I don't know, like, what what are we going to rebuild over there? Like, like you, I don't imagine they would want to be doing trade deals with us. Like the part of the whole thing that we got out of Europe and stuff like that is that like a lot of Europe was already doing trade deals and stuff like that. Yeah. We, we do have trade deals going on over there, but like, I don't know if I, I just don't see the, uh, like the ideological well, reason, not, like why they would want us to go ahead. Like, I don't think we're going to get those same kind of benefits. Well, not only that, I mean, it, like it's kind of like, and we don't we, flatten city centers anymore. There was no. a lot of murdering civilians. Like that's super out. Like we do it. We'll still kill a bunch of civilians and destroy yeah. like you know urban areas. But it's not as fashionable anymore. To no, do that. no, no. And, and it, the, and the it's, it is strongly like frowned upon. Yeah. So um, like, well, and and I kind of think back to um, like uh, when I was in basic training. I actually went to basic training with a guy from Iraq who was actually there during the invasion, the initial invasion in two thousand two. And he told me, he's like, it was scary. He goes, they were just dropping, well, not really dropping bombs, but they were firing tank rounds just into the city. Mm-hmm. And like, like that's, that's a lot that's of, cl- crazy, that's a lot dude. of collateral damage, that's man. That's crazy. It is. But I mean, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big statement. I mean, that's what the Nazis used to do when they invaded countries I and mean, they went in bombs first. Yeah. And so by the time you saw soldiers coming in, like you weren't going to fight them. Nope. Hell no. You just got, you just saw your neighbors get flattened. You just mm-hmm. saw, I mean. Exactly. And it was, it was crazy. And I mean. One of my one of one of the drill sergeants that I, that that was that was uh, in my basic training. He he was artillery, and he fight. He's like he's like yeah. He's like I shot I shot rounds into Baghdad. I was like Jesus, dude. Like he's like I don't know what they hit, but I shot him. I was like oh my god. Yeah, like dude, I was like dude, Jesus fuck. Christ. All right. Oh, I was like man. I was like dude, that's nuts. I'm like oh my god. I mean like you think about it like like at that point though, it it was it was. I mean, we had we had to make a statement, you know. I suppose somebody's gonna do that job. I don't want to do that job. I know, cause like you don't know, <laughs> you you really don't know. You don't know what you're doing. And now. and I mean, I would assume that that there's a way to know, but he's just like, yeah, he's like. Well, yeah. pl- plus, I mean, wasn't the idea that we're we're against these we're against these factions, and then like occasionally we're we're at war with the uh, like the governments of some of these Middle Eastern countries, but but like, I think that in World War Two, like. We were at war with the German people. You oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was, like, it was, we didn't, you know, like, they had been killing our people, and it seemed like everybody was, like, you know, fine with that. Like, or at least that was the propaganda that was going on. And uh, that was kind of like what was going on, like, you know, after 9 11, is like the Iraqi people hate the American people. Yep. So it's not like we're going in there to go fuck up. We're going in there to go fuck up but Iraqi people. I think, I think, period. I think, I think that was, that was started during Desert Storm. And, 
Saddam Hussein after uh, well, we armed Al Qaeda just like we armed ISIS and we armed the Kurds. So uh, like, I, well, thanks, thanks I a lot, the, thanks a lot, CIA. Yeah, yeah. Well, Whistleblower. Like uh, okay, you would like. I think that if we're gonna learn any lessons, it's like oh, maybe we should stop arming rebel groups in the area so that way we don't have to go then fight them later. You know. Well, maybe also, we maybe should confiscate their weapons. Yeah. No. Okay, Beto. No, you, I mean, we gave the weapons. We don't need to go take them away. But, I mean, like, we don't, definitely don't need to keep giving more people weapons. They it, have guns. Well, wasn't that, it, that thing needs to solve itself. All what, right? We don't need to be there. Was it – where was it? Was it Was it France? After World War II, we gave a bunch of our equipment to a country, and I don't remember which country. Was it Russia? We gave, like, we gave, we gave tanks and, like, anything that we had in Europe, we left to them. But I forget which country got all that shit. I'm not sure. But, like, know. and you're right. We need to stop arming other countries because they use that shit against us. Like, I'm for Second Amendment. I like, you know, it's like, to, I'm for the Second Amendment enough that I'm like, we shouldn't, I, in my opinion, we shouldn't be sitting here trying to do these, like, trying to force Korea to not have nuclear weapons. Korea wants nuclear weapons because, like, in between human beings like you or I, a gun is the equalizer. In between nations, nuclear bombs are the equalizer. So, like, you know, it's like you can have guns and you can have an army. But if you want to actually, like, have be armed, yeah. then you need to have nuclear weapons. We don't go fuck with people who have nuclear weapons. That's just, like, no. our, I mean, our military industrial complex is not retarded. They won't, they won't do... They, yeah, you know, you, absolutely. You want to start a nuclear war? That can get quite out of hand. Yeah. You know, like, well, and I think that that was one of one of President Trump's like goals when he started, and he and he stepped into uh, when he when when he made it his goal to step into North Korea, like you know, that that's not that's not been accomplished by any other president. But the question is, have mm-hmm. have other presidents really had that much like effort put into what they're trying to accomplish with that? Right, that was definitely, uh, and I was impressed with that. I was too. I, you know, everybody talks down about President Trump, whatever. I'm like, but look at look at the milestones he's 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 created just in his in the three years he's been in office. I'm do I agree with him? Not all, not a hundred percent of the time. It's kind of rough sometimes. You know, he he makes some decisions, and I'm like, well. Probably shouldn't have done that, but I'm just one voice, you know. Right. And well, and that leads me kind of to one last point I want to touch on is uh, what's your opinion? Because it seems like for the longest time in the United States, uh, presidents from most presidents had served in the military uh, yeah. in, in some type of fashion. And then we got to a point where a lot of them, like you know, like especially recent ones, none of them really did do much service. No. Because like when like George Washington, one of the big reasons why he was chosen to be the first president was not just because of his family's influence, but um, he, he had apparently he was a stud in war. Yep, he was a general. Yeah, it's and, kind of weird. We had these career politicians, you know, like whereas like they they literally have done politics your whole life. And yeah. Like, so what you don't know about other things, like how? But we're supposed to trust all the things with you. I I don't see I don't see like that doesn't make any sense like uh, to me at all like why would you why would you want them to do that like these people don't run businesses they run campaigns <laughs> like that's, that's all they do like, yeah, like, they're they're, you got a they're point. expert convincers and like that's I don't know, I don't know about so like, like that. you're basically talking about just politicians as a whole or are you talking about like pol- like presidents who 
Well, I mean, you know, presidents, politicians, like there's, I mean, that's like kind of that so, thing is like you have to, you have to kind of like work your way through politics. And so it, I think it requires a more inordinate amount of time so, of you doing that than it used to. Because I mean, like George Washington, for instance, you know, like he was the first president. He, he was a farmer and then he like, you know, he was a general. He did a lot of different stuff. Like, yep. you know, he had to run his own household. Like, you know, like he had done a lot of different things before he ever ended up being in charge. So he kind of, kind of like feel for well, how things in general work well as a yeah whole. exactly and so like going into that going into that discussion it's like so you said you, you said that it seems like a lot of recent presidents weren't really um didn't really serve in the military but it's kind of like so george washington was a general yeah okay but abraham lincoln was not he was yeah. a lawyer yeah but he wasn't a career politician mm-hmm. and and so the way that i feel about it is there, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of the presidents that 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 were that that served held a general rank. You had General Eisenhower as well, right? You know, um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he served as well. I don't, I don't. Rough do, Riders. I don't exactly where what, what 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 he did or anything like that. But some of our best presidents weren't 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 people who served. Yeah. I mean, FDR was. I mean, he had polio, but probably one of the best presidents of in, in history. That's debatable, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought he was. I thought he was for 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 the time for the time period that he that, that he was president. What he had to deal with, I think he handled it kind of very well. You know, I mean that that's a lot to take in. I mean he he's president through what most of World War Two. So I mean he was he's also, president too many times. Well, yeah, he's also the reason why they only get two terms. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like. He was the Nancy Pelosi of that time. Oh, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. <laughs> well, she's not president, so you can't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you had, uh, who was the last president that served? Was it George W.? Um, Probably, no, I mean, he, did, he didn't serve. He was, yeah. uh, he he was, was supposed to fight in yeah. Vietnam, but I don't think he ever, no. he didn't actually go. He didn't go. So how far back does that go? I've, I Well, I mean, we all know JFK. I mean, he was a World War II hero. Uh, as the story goes, which I believe, um, well, didn't Carter serve or did he not serve? I couldn't tell you. Reagan, did he not serve? Was he just a movie star? I couldn't tell you. Honestly, yeah. But like, I think. It, that, I, but uh, honestly, we're idiots. Honestly, no, well, I, honestly, it's something I have to look up. To be honest with you, but to me, it's a big problem because the commander in chief is the head of the military. Yeah. And to me, you should have some experience with some type of um, combat to be making that decision. You know, when to send, you know, because like I would trust a guy like Jocko Willink with oh, that with oh, that decision. Because hell yeah. He, he seems to know the consequences very well. And so he's not going to send, uh, you know, I don't think he'd start he, wars willy nilly. No, he's either. not going to start wars over anything stupid. Exactly. I mean, so, um, you know, he's going to send in guys knowing that a lot of them are probably not coming home and it's going to be for a good reason. Exactly. And, and, and I think I think I think where Jocko stands on wars is a huge testament to him as an individual. Um, but honestly, I don't think that that from a from a president standpoint they need to serve. But like you said, to make those kind of decisions, that it's key. It's key, and and not even not even to serve it in a higher rank, but just to have that experience in the military to understand that like, okay, this is why we don't do this. I think they should at least have all been in a fist fight at some point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, is we get in these habits of. Where we want to, um, like, like Obama saying, ab- apologizing to Japan for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, no, fuck them, dude. No. Like, why are you apologizing about this? Like, didn't you, you signed a peace, we, we as a nation signed a peace treaty. I don't know if you know this, but that, that yeah. that's, that's the apology. 
Like when you sign up Peace Treaty, like they're like, hey man, that sucked, right? <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. Let's not do this anymore. All right? <laughs> yeah, it's taken care of. Now, right? like, what oh, did we learn? It just makes you look weak. <laughs> exactly. Like, why? Why? But, that just makes your people look weak. Like, but, why, why would you even want to? Why? But what I'm getting at is, is, is if 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 we had somebody like Jocko in office, that shit wouldn't fly. No. He wouldn't be. He, he wouldn't be like, no, we're we're we're. He's like, he'd be like, we're not apologizing to him. He goes, no, you know, and 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 just. He he seems like that kind of guy. He carries did himself that way. Did they want the apology? I don't even. I don't even did, know. Or did like, we just do that? I don't I, like. Obama, we felt bad. Obama. I feel like Obama was more like the president that wanted to go kiss everybody's ass to make things better. And um, unfortunately, uh, we all know how we all know what ass kissing does. It doesn't help anything. Mm. You know? I, he's just one of these convincers. Like you know, it's like I it was just. Like, I don't. It seem like don't. like well, like, if you wanted to kiss everybody's ass, like why start five wars in all a row? Right. Yeah, that doesn't sound like ass kissing, and like. But that's what I'm saying is like is like is like we need is like we need to reevaluate like and so yeah, like you said, it would be nice to have somebody in office that's seen this kind of violence before and and understands that you know when you make a decision of that of that magnitude, you're you're putting people's lives in danger, and there's a possibility that that you could cost a lot of lives. Right. And I know you're sitting in an office, you're you're you're, you're writing this shit down, you're signing it, whatever. But you don't know what the end state is. Exactly. And and unfortunately, the end state, um, it's like, uh, what is that, Operation Red Wing? Based on uh, Lone Survivor, you ever seen the movie? Yeah. It was based off of that. Same thing. You know, they, they kind of got caught up in a, in a shitty situation. But it was like, it, it, you know, it's, it's making those decisions. Benghazi was another one. Right. You know, and it cost people lives. And people don't understand that. In, in, and I've said this before, and, and I mentioned it in another podcast. When... Uh, when when seconds count, help is minutes away, mm-hmm. and that's the shitty part about it. Is is you you need to outweigh every aspect, and and I do this just naturally in life. I'll, I'll I'll look at a situation and I look at every possible worst outcome and every possible best outcome, and in the route to get there. I don't know, maybe that's just my my military thinking way of thinking, but like mm-hmm. you have to take that shit into account when you're when you're thinking about doing something risky. No matter what it is, whether it be starting a business, whether it be sending somebody into a fucking battle, right? You know, there, there, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. And, and, and what, and what was that? Uh, every reaction has an equal and greater reaction. Yeah, I remember like, all right. So earlier in the day, you came running at my second builder with these. Uh, we have these little pieces of wood that, uh, you know, and they're kind of fun to use as swords uh, when you know when we're yes. fucking off and not doing our job, and uh, you were fucking with him, and so I saw you do that, and my, my opposite. Uh, and greater reaction than I had from that as I came running at you with uh, my own. And, and, you know, you, you, you did a good job. You blocked it pretty quick, <laughs> especially considering it was a surprise attack around a corner. So you did well. Yep, yep. So it's, it's a jumping strike. I lunged very, you know. Yeah. You, you survived. You yes, survived. I, I would have survived that. This was a rough yeah. battle. <laughs> but, but, that, but, yeah. I, I, I mean, lost. to finish up, our military has definitely changed a lot. And I don't know if it's going to be for the better or if it's going to be for the worse, to be honest with you. I don't think it's gonna be for the better, in my opinion. I think I think I think the military's gone soft. That's my opinion. I think a lot of uh, a lot of parts of society have gone soft, and it's not gonna it's not gonna bode well if we get in another major conflict. But the yeah. robots are sturdy. They are very sturdy. <laughs> but yeah, that's just one thing I want to close on. Is um, there's definitely a, a lot of people in important positions making very important decisions, and. I just don't think a lot of these uh, leaders don't. Un- I don't think they understand the, the consequences of their actions. 
Yeah. Like, I really do think that uh, somebody who's making decisions on war should know, uh, should have some personal experience on the consequences of that. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, you know, like in corrections, we always had, we, we always kind of made a joke that people who, like, you know, like uh, state senators who made up policies about uh use of force on inmates should have to fight an inmate at least once yep or do you think that there should be a policy for that that like you should have to have like served or, yes. or you do i don't think so wait, wait hold on finish that question so, okay, i said like, yes like, pretty quick so do you think that there should be a policy like legislation that requires like somebody like somebody's eligibility to be voted in as president or like to to you know yes yeah. Yes, I do. I do. I, don't think so. I think they should at least. Why not? Serve. Why, okay. why not? Okay. And if they didn't serve, I think they should be in a shootout. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. 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 Okay. So let's change this. I'll rephrase this. I want legislation that states that they either served or spent time in a high risk job, like law enforcement, mm-hmm. or you want legislation. Yes. No, I feel like that's a huge affront to democracy. Why? Well, we mean, in- okay. Then we get to choose who they are. You know what I mean? Like I. I don't. Th- I, I don't. By taking away our ability to choose who the president is, like, like you know, like w- we should make better choices picking who the president but, is. But look at. But but, I don't think you can but look force at, look that at the la- legislation look at the, making the look, government more look at powerful. The la- like look at that. the last two elections, though. Look at the last two elections: Obama and Trump. Look who look who we had as candidates. If you had somebody in there that that knows how to make high risk decisions under a shit ton of pressure. You, you want that legislative? Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, I get where Ant's coming from. He's coming from the libertarian side, where we should be able to choose, and, yeah. and I I agree with that. In my opinion, and in your opinion, yes. we we do think it should be somebody who served, or but at least, or at least, is it or, the, the libertarian side of us? We don't want to yeah create well, more legislation. What, I mean, I think that was part of why people picked Trump a little bit, not because he did any serve, but because he did other things. Besides well, be a politician. He wasn't a career politician. Well, I mean, exactly. He didn't have a big career in convincing. Well but well, like, you know, he, but, he had to do other stuff. But isn't isn't running a business politics? I mean I mean there's politics involved. Kind of. But like right. so yeah, he had, I, I, I guess he had experience on the business politics side. Right. But I mean he, I mean you got a point there, Ian. Like 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 Josh said, we, we we have to agree with the fact that we we should have the right to choose who we want. I just feel that we could get a lot more out of somebody who's been in a situation where they're in charge of people. Yeah. And, and Oh yeah, no, no. I, I think we have, like people who are bosses, like you like, know, like and have like, like CEOs. A, you know, done things. CEOs yeah. would be great. Well, I mean, we have lots of those. But, but I mean, like, you but know, career but, politicians? Yeah. No, I don't they, like yeah, no, not do like, that anymore. Like, I don't I, think that we're going to vote like, you know, I think Trump's going to get elected again, but I think it'll be kind of interesting like who who's next after that. Like, I think no, we're going to get another really 4 years. Point. I, but like, I see I see people like Nancy Pelosi and Bernie and I'm sorry. Yeah, they, you guys they probably died in office your like, whole life, and yeah, they were old as shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like they don't understand how today's society runs. But it's kind of good. We need somebody from our generation to make it into office. Yeah, because and they because the, they they grew up during. Go go ahead, Josh. Sorry, I was gonna say that they will one day, but this is all stuff we're gonna say for another podcast. Yeah, you're you're definitely not wrong because we definitely rabbit trailed from fuck from war and uh, military. So well, I mean, not, not no. really because like like when you think of warfare, you're still talking people making decisions. Yeah, but definitely not uh, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, exactly. So I mean, I'm pretty sure I could beat her in a fist fight, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> but uh, if you're watching this, but that's one of those things is definitely. Um, <laughs> You uh, 
yeah I, I i i think we should probably end it on that like <laughs> all right I, I i don't want josh to get, get arrested for a threat threats to politicians you know guys. what i, I think i would way to end. i think i would smile <laughs> with getting arrested for that i don't know i just but i think one right that's scary, though, if, if air force one crashes she's the president really She's Speaker of the House, right? What happened That's to the Pence? third person? You no, know, yeah. I said if Air Force One crashes and they're both on there. Sorry, I should have clarified. If they're both on the plane at the same time, Air Force One crashes, she's the president. That's crazy, dude. Sorry, don't mean to give the CIA any ideas. I was going to say, why are you planting seeds, Ian? Why, why? <laughs> hey, I'm sure they thought of this already. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for us. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, you can get a hold of us at MidwestMindMelt at gmail.com, Facebook, and YouTube as well. Um, make sure you click the subscribe button and hit the little bell. So every time we upload a video, you get a notification. Ian, thanks for, ha- thanks for coming back on the show, man. Hey, it's fun. It's just fun doing this. We will definitely have you out again, boom, man. Boom. I mean, <laughs> and that'll be all guys. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's employee of the month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dude, didn't you just buy that Samsung Galaxy phone? How'd you crack the screen? I was riding one of those scooters downtown and wiped out. It's gonna cost me a fortune to fix. Actually, Sprint will fix your screen for 49 bucks. You don't even have to have Sprint to get it repaired. Oh, I'd definitely get my Galaxy screen replaced if it were only 49 bucks. Well, you should head over to Sprint. Check Sprint.com slash FixMyScreen to find a Sprint service and repair location near you. Now until November 24th. Requires eligible Galaxy phone in working condition. Not all screens are repairable. Same-day service not guaranteed. Supplies last limited one per customer.